We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. So you're getting a little bit of a different episode than what I had planned, but my guest bailed on me. It's all good. We've rescheduled. You'll hear about it soon. Just finished recording with Alan, our NFL preview show. We went deep, thigh deep. Some would say ankle deep on this one. It's going to be up on the Patreon already. Just want to give you guys a rundown of what to expect moving forward with some of the just kind of housekeeping notes for everybody. And of course, I'm going to be cheap plugging because that's what I do. So if you're a member of the Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you could get next week's episode, the preview show and a lot of exclusive 
content on there. For those of you that were familiar in the past, I used to do a show called Degeneration Bets, a very uh, successful sports betting and DFS show. And that's going to be exclusively on the Patreon as it's been in the past. But also what's going to be going down is DFS Fridays moving forward. If you guys are daily fantasy players, if you guys are fantasy football players too, a lot of the start sits, plays, fades, they all tie in. Um, waiver wire shit that's gonna all be on the twitch stream every friday night 5 p.m eastern time you'll be able to go over there and chat with us chill with us tell us we're crazy tell us why is it julio week as always because always remember rule number one to veterans minimum and degeneration bets is mount saint julio is every single week so I just want to give you guys uh, a little bit of information on what to expect with the Patreon. And I've, I've been talking to some of the members of the Patreon, and this is what I've come down to. And these are going to be the changes just moving forward. So for as little as $1 a month, man, I don't think it's asking much. I'm actually a, a member of a lot of Patreons where I just give a dollar. And it goes a long way, dude. And this is a tier for those that have reached out to me and they're like hey man we want to see how we can help out the show and even some of my buddies shouts to them a small donation on a monthly basis to help the show grow if you got more you give more if you don't it's all good but it's a dollar you know it's a it's a pack of skittles a month and it's it's something that you could upgrade right if you want to enter a contest of some kind a lot of people rotate like a lot of people have upped their membership to ten dollars because they want to be in the nfl pick'em contest which we'll get to you know last year <clears throat> shout out to my guy g martini he won the pick'em pool he was on the show won himself like 300 bucks i think it was and some other wild shit too but for as little as a dollar man it goes a long way you know you might you might say to yourself yo one dollar tier uh, of uh, for a patreon membership but you know if we get a thousand one dollar tier patrons brother you're talking about this studio is going to be revamped reloaded and having me stimulated to the highest extent so one dollar tier you're not going to really get any perks it's just like if you want to show love is when the perks come in the legends tier the rookie contract tier i should say so access to the discord where you can chat with everyone from vm people's podcasts questions for this show every month that's going to be exclusively to members of the patreon as best as i can do get you guys episodes early like the nfl preview show you could go and listen to that right now weekly update video or email i know i'm a piece of shit i gotta get better on that one and also with the five dollars you'll be getting degeneration bet stuff you'll be getting the um audio from the twitch stream which is going to be up on saturdays you're going to be getting the weekly betting show covering every single nfl game from a betting perspective futures market uh notes for dfs showdown slates and of course the discord access as well the ten dollar tier is our most popular shout out to everyone there please if you're a member in this tier yo sign up for the contest that's like a really cool contest that we're doing the confidence pick them pool shout out to my guy e killer he has all of that set up as well monthly giveaways we gave out to my guy dylan chadwick shouts to him he won a copy of madden 21 ten dollars a month march madness stuff uh draft day stuff pick them pools and then also you get a bonus video exclusive every week on the patreon as well and then the 20 dollars tier is you get everything in in the 10 and five dollar and the one dollar tier as well roll credits on every show you get a shout out zoom night I'm aiming for, um, 
later on this week, we'll start doing this. Everyone that's in the $20 tier, a Zoom night. We could just shoot this shit for about an hour, see how you guys feel about the show, what changes you would want. And I love this idea, man, because this is, you know, if you're giving this show $20 a month, I feel like I should know your name. Uh, Piz, for example, I know his address, even though he's given it to me 20 times because I send them merch and shit. And also, you could buy merch at cost. Any merch that you want, you know, cheap plug. We got these new tank tops. I know they should have been out earlier. That's a... Uh, uh, that's bigger fish to fry that I can't really deal with on that production standpoint. But yeah, man, you just set us up and I'll give you a promo code for costs at everything. And then if you're in the Supermax, there's two people, Orvica and Nick Chavez. You guys are psychopaths, but you're a certified legend. And I would kiss you if it didn't mean that I might get canceled because, you know, nowadays everybody's so sensitive. But you get everything in the franchise tag. You get the veterans minimum tier, rookie tier. You get followed on social media from the brand and myself and i'm gonna give you guys shout outs uh cameo style monthly shout outs as well so thank you to everyone there um while i'm at it before i get into this jimmy butler fucking fiasco that went down yesterday i have a lot to get off my chest but i want to show love to the members of the patreon that is Derek pleates orvica Corey johnson hoops nick chavez christopher velasquez and of course flying ryan pisner guys patreon.com slash veterans minimum okay the Jimmy Butler thing. I have a big issue. I did pick the Heat to win the series, and I feel good about it. Yo, back in January, if you guys remember, I, I've had many guests on, and I was saying about the upside for Miami, that there was a roadmap to them. There was a roadmap to the Heat getting to the Eastern Conference Finals and avoiding the Milwaukee Bucks until then. And there was ways that you could hedge around it. The Heat were anywhere from... 20 to 25 to 1 to win the East, 40 to 50 to 1 to win the NBA Finals. But now they're up 2-0 on Milwaukee. I picked them to win the series. I did not like what I saw from Milwaukee ever since they got to the bubble and especially what I've seen in both the first round despite them winning in five games against the Magic and what I've seen so far against the Heat. With all that being said, I do not agree with that call on the Jimmy Butler play. For those of you that didn't know, the score was 114-114. Jimmy Butler gets the ball with about four seconds left, takes a jump shot in the corner, and he doesn't get fouled on his catch, not catch because he was dribbling, on his release. He gets a pure, clean release off, and he gets fouled on the landing. They don't let him land. Is it a foul? Yes, it's a foul. You got to give the shooter space to land. But dog, come on, son. Come on. You can't call a foul there. It needs to be egregious. It needs to be something significant. It needs to alter the shot in that situation. In my opinion, the game is going into overtime. You're basically deciding a series there. Close to 70% of series when a team goes up. I think it's 75% when a team goes up 2-0. It's a wrap, and it was such a devastating loss for the Bucs. You saw Giannis there, and did he get fouled? Yes, but I feel like similar to pass interference. You don't call pass interference at the end of games because of that reason, because it's a bam, bam, bang, bang play, and it just decides too much, bro. So I don't agree with that call. I get that it was a foul, but I was looking at it from a standpoint that like, yo, you stabbed the Bucks straight in the neck now you're down 2-0 you gotta win four of the next five games against this heat team that is loaded and complete and i think spolsha is showing people that 
I'm a hell of a coach. And I went from overrated to underrated to properly rated. And now he's underrated. And I think that he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. And I think the Heat, if you're a Heat fan, the, the future is now for you. I don't think you can need to look that far down the road. I think the future is right now for the Miami Heat. And, I mean, we all know Tyler Hero, All-NBA, first team, and on and off the court. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of a loss of words because if you know, you know what I'm talking about. Shouts to Katia. Anyway, I've said too much. The Miami Heat, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, even like Kelly Olenek is a guy who's played big minutes in the playoffs and has experience. And he's been in the trenches. Jimmy Butler, Dragic, Bam. I, I like this team. And like I said, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they come out the East. I'm just very, very upset at that call. Uh as a as a bystander. That really upset me. Let me know what you think, guys. I have veterans minimum at the lamb shows where you can find me. Okay. Last thing I want to end, relatively short episode, because we're giving you a nice, meaty, and lengthy one on Monday. Hey, yo. Is New York City dying? For those of you that are not from New York City, and for those of you that might not know, I, born and raised in New York City, my family business, my entire life is in New York City. I am in Manhattan every single day. Born and raised in Queens. I live in Long Island. But I'm a Queens boy at heart. I'm actually moving back into Queens, back into Brooklyn very, very soon. Shouts to all of you that have made that possible. With that being said, is New York City dying? U-Haul trucks, uh, people fleeing the city, people leaving. As you guys know, and as you guys know me, I only talk from experience. I only talk about things that I know and that I've researched. Being from New York, what I can tell you is the city is not dying. The city is never going to die. Don't listen to these jobbers and legends and jabronis, which just got added to the dictionary. Shouts to the people's champ. People that aren't from New York are writing all these articles. Jerry Seinfeld, who, bro, never found them funny. My bad. Sorry, Dom. My buddy Dom is a, a Seinfeld stan, but... He is old, old, white guy, 55-year-old, baseball demographic funny. And th that just ain't it. Um, I think his Netflix special is one of the worst things that I've ever seen from a comedy standpoint. But enough about that. I don't want to sound like a troll. But he's in like a seven-star luxury penthouse apartment. And he's talking about how New York is dying. It's not dying. But here's what's happening, though. There is a lot of homeless people in New York City. Like a lot. It's like very noticeable now. As someone who is located on Park Avenue, it is very, very noticeable. It is, I don't know, I was talking to one of my buddies, Chris, who works in the city too. He's one of my customers, but one of my good friends. We were talking about like, yo, have, have there always been this many homeless people in New York City? Or is it just because New York City is so busy and so fast and people are always in a rush and it's so crowded that you just don't notice them? But I think now it's like excessive. I think also what COVID and Corona has shown us is that, bro, you don't need to live in New York. You don't. It's very expensive. Rents are coming down and a lot of apartments are up for leases and people can move in relatively cheaper, which is still expensive compared to other parts of this country. I've always said to people that are not New Yorkers or that want to visit New York that 
especially people that I know overseas. Bro, if you come to New York, that's not America. New York City could be its own country. It's completely different. It's very expensive. It's very fast-paced, and people are always in a rush. New Yorkers are not angry. They're just like in a hurry, is what I like to say. With all that being said, what's going to change with New York and what coronavirus has changed in New York City is that in the past, people would deal with the studio apartment, and you pay an egregious amount of money. You pay like $1,500, $2,000 for a nice studio apartment in the Lower East Side or the Upper Upper West Side or somewhere in Long Island City, and it's a hole in the wall. But you're paying out the ass, but it's a, it's a luxury and it's a convenience and the proximity to the city. And like, yo, you're in the hipster areas, you're in the cool areas, you're in the fun spots. That's why you pay that kind of money where it's, it's a yin-yang effect. You pay up to be in a cooler spot, but you're not really in the greatest living conditions. Like I had a buddy of mine lived in a luxury apartment building in Long Island City, and it was a it was a studio, but he was paying like close to three thousand dollars a month. And it's like, bro, you could get a crib, but it's like, yeah, I don't want to live in Long Island or in the suburbs where it's further away and it's forty five minutes away from the city where all the action is. And especially if you're in this eighteenth to thirty four demographic. That's what you're looking at. So New York City from that perspective is not dying. It's not dying. But it's it's alarming how many people are leaving the city because they're realizing like, yo, I can move into Hoboken. I can move into uh, Jersey City and I can do all this other shit further away from the city. You don't need to travel into the city for work now. A lot of people are working from home and reports are coming out that people are more effective working from home. So I just wanted to address it because it hits close to home. And I also think that a lot of people just kind of talk out their ass without knowing. And they've never visited New York. Like the Washington Post wrote an article about New York City dying. It's like, bro, come on. It's not like that. But I think people are realizing that living in New York is very expensive. And that might not be the way for a lot of people. So I'm moving back into the city because I need to for the show and for the next step in the growth of the program. So that's where I'm at with that. I'm going to do some ad reads right now that you're going to hear. And then I'm going to post something from the Patreon, which was my top 10 fantasy rules entering fantasy football season. If you've had your draft already, just use these for next year. And if you've had your draft um, coming up, then use these as well. Uh at the Lamb Show is where you can find me. I have everyone's minimum where you can find everything for the show. Please get in the Pick'em Contest if you are interested. And I will catch you guys next time. Sorry for the inconvenience about the episode, but it's better than nothing. And this is what I put together for this one. So enjoy the weekend. We're coming at you deep next week. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. New sponsor of the program. Yes, you've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you are craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting choose from your favorite national restaurants like chipotle wendy's and the cheesecake factory many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too just open the door app 
Select your favorite local spot and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners can get five American dollars off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E for you legends that can't spell. (laughs) The top 10 general football thoughts for fantasy football. Entering not only this year, but just in general, what goes through my mind when I'm playing fantasy football. If you guys haven't checked out yet, the fantasy rankings are up on the Patreon and it is free to everybody to see, to nitpick, to congrats me about, to tell me why I'm crazy, all that fun stuff. Let me know what you guys think. It's on the Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. It is there for you to digest. So these are just my general thoughts when it comes to fantasy and how I go about building my fantasy lineup, what I look for. Remember, I play in a half point PPR league. 0.5 per reception, so some of these numbers are a little voice crack, are a little bit skewed towards that. But these are my top 10 fantasy thoughts when I'm playing fantasy football. No matter what the year is, these are some of my values. This is how I go about building my roster. Number one, wait on a quarterback. Don't draft a quarterback early. The drop-off between the top quarterback in fantasy football and the number 10 quarterback in fantasy football or the number 12 quarterback in fantasy football, that gap is the shortest of any 1 through 12 ranking in fantasy. So you can get away with, I've won fantasy championships with Phillip Rivers as my starting quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger as a starting quarterback. I once started Blake Bortles in the fantasy championship. I've started Ryan Tannehill in a fantasy playoff. I Last year, I won it with Deshaun Watson, which in the championship week against Tampa Bay, I think he put up like eight points. So the drop-off between quarterback one and quarterback 12, it's a very volatile position. So I would wait on fantasy quarterbacks. That's just my thing. It's very narrow, and on a week-to-week basis, it could fluctuate. Play the matchups with the quarterback. It's much easier to predict that than anything else. Take guys that are playing in a dome also so you don't need to worry about spiraling winds out of control and all that chaos and shit. So just wait on a quarterback, man. Get on a Wait on a quarterback. This is also coming from someone who I, coming off his MVP season in 2012, Aaron Rodgers, I took him number one overall, but I was playing in a fantasy league where a throwing touchdown was six points, not four, which is traditionally what all leagues are. And he was coming off an MVP season, so I took him number one overall. I ended up winning because I'm that fucking good at fantasy football. But my point being is just wait on a quarterback. When is the right time to take one? Go with your gut. I get it. The number one overall quarterback the year prior is always overdrafted the following season. That is what happens all the time. I've seen some people take Lamar Jackson and like the top 15 picks. I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy. Not that he's going to have a bad season, but 
I just think it's a little wild. I would wait on quarterbacks. That's rule number one. Rule number two, be on the lookout for regression candidates, especially especially when a player has an all-worldly type of season. What do I mean by that? When I draft fantasy football, the key word for me, the number one thing in my mind is consistency. I want to take guys that I know what I'm going to get, especially if I'm taking them early. Later on, rounds four, five, 12, I'm trying to hit a home run. I'm trying to outsmart my league mates. I'm trying to be ahead of the curve when it comes to, you know, buying low on a guy that's going to go off, right? Shout out to my guy, Impy. Last year, he took Chris Godwin in the fifth round, fourth or fifth round, but I remember he went when Mike Evans was on the board and everyone was like, yo, you're crazy. You're crazy. Like that's a hell of a call by Impy on that one. Right. I remember telling Impy, I was like, yo, I like where your head's at, but I would have went Evans and I was wrong. I was wrong. But Chris Godwin was a top three fantasy wide receiver last year. So like, if you have a hunch like that, yeah, go for it. But I'm more of a, I want consistency, right? I, I want the Marshawn Lynch, 1200 yards, 10 touchdowns every single season. Like that's what I want. As opposed to, we see it all the time, man. About half the running backs that go in the top 10, they don't finish in the top 10. That's just the history of it. So be on the lookout for guys that have those career years or maybe they're in a contract year and then they dip the year after. Just be be careful with that. Rule number three, take a look at the Vegas betting lines to see which teams are expected to do well. The example, take QBs in games in which they should be throwing from behind. Never forget Blake Bortles, the garbage time king. There was a year where Blake Bortles finished like top eight fantasy football quarterbacks because the Jacksonville Jaguars were getting the shit kicked out of them for the first three quarters of the game. And then he put up like 160 yards, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And he would backdoor cover games and he would end up with like 20. You'd be like, what the fuck? This guy has 28 fantasy points. When the, sh- when the shit did that happen? That's the kind of thing with the quarterback. Again, go into the quarterbacks. An example I want to give you, and I know I might sound like a homer a little bit, Daniel Jones. This year, I expect the Giants to be a really bad team, especially now they just lost Xavier McKinney. Bedtime. Congrats. As always, I can never have nice things, but he's supposed to be out until November. I think this defense, they got six new starters projected. Well, now they got five new starters projected because he's going to be out. I think the defense is going to be bad. But on the flip side, I think the offense is going to be really, really good. Barkley, Shepard, Tate, Stur- uh, Slayton, excuse me, almost said Shepard twice, Evan Ingram, all of which have played zero snaps with Daniel Jones in their career. So this Giants offense, he has a lot of weapons, a plethora of weapons, that's a bar, and an improved offensive line. It can't get much worse than it did last year. Now, I know it's a big ask for Andrew Thomas now to maybe step into the left tackle position because Nate Solder decided to opt out this year because of the whole COVID situation, but that's a guy that I could see being a fantasy football quarterback breakout player of the year this year, Daniel Jones, because he had monster games last year in in fantasy football. So I think when you're looking at Daniel Jones, that's the kind of guy that I'm thinking about when I'm looking at the Vegas betting lines. I'm projecting him to be throwing from behind. That's the kind of guy I want. Phillip Rivers, the same shit back in the day. That's the kind of thing that I like to look at. And going back to point number one, to wait on quarterbacks, you can get Daniel Jones late, late in drafts. I know my rankings, I have them a little higher than other people, just because that's the kind of guy that I would gamble on 
because of the position and the nature of the beast of that position where you don't really need to take a guy's high. I'm telling you, Daniel Jones is going to win people a lot of fantasy football championships this year. Uh, number four, take starting wide receivers over punting running backs. Starting wide receivers are harder to find later in the season than RBs. Every year we see a backup running back step in and win people championships. Yes. Yes. I think it's harder to find starting wide receivers during the season step in and give you wide receiver two, wide receiver one production than it is finding running backs. Like we see that shit all the time. All the time you see that running backs go down because of injury and then the backup comes in and it's a volume position. Bet on the volume. If a guy's going to get 20 touches as opposed to four targets, like, yeah, you're going to go with that all the time. So that's something that I like to look at. Take starting wide receivers over running backs that you just don't know their role or you just don't trust yet. The deciding factor in my fantasy championship last year was there were two guys that were free agents that week in going into the championship round. It was Dwayne Washington with the Raiders and it was Mike Boone with the Minnesota Vikings. I ended up going with Dwayne Washington and that's ultimately the deciding factor in what won me my championship last year. And the main reason for it, it wasn't a lucky play. It was a known play for me. Dwayne Washington was the more preferred pick. And the reason why is because we've seen Dwayne Washington in his career step in as a starter and be productive. It's the Austin Eckler theory. Like Austin Eckler, prior to Melvin Gordon, excuse me, not prior, anytime Melvin Gordon would miss with an injury or, or with a holdout, when Eckler stepped in as a starter, he was balling out. You started him with confidence in your fantasy league. We didn't know nothing about Mike Boone. He was the third running back on the depth chart. It was Dalvin Cook was out, and then Madison was out, and then it was Mike Boone. And everyone was dick riding Mike Boone. And then what happened? Congrats. You all played yourself. So take the known better than the unknown. Uh, number five, um, double asterisk means likely to start come midway through this season. So that's in relation to my rankings, right? There's a couple of guys like Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor on the Colts, he's a guy who I think come week seven, week eight, is going to be the starter. So keep your eye on a guy like that. Marlon Mack, he's been a very productive back for the Colts, but I think Jonathan Taylor, rookie coming in, Mack's going to want a new contract at some point. They're probably just going to be like, good luck on your future endeavors and give the reins to Jonathan Taylor. So that's an example of a guy that I'm looking at. If you want to kind of take a stab on someone and just be patient and wait on him. Uh, Cam Akers is another guy heading in. Now, there are some rumblings that it might be Darrell Henderson and like Malcolm Brown over with the Rams. But I'm also hearing that Cam Akers has been the best back over there and that he's going to be the starter. So Cam Akers, take him a little bit later. Or when you do take him, be patient with him because they're going to give him the keys to the kingdom and he's going to be super duper productive. So try to predict who you think is going to be a starter midway through the season. And it, it might be it might be a big, big hit for you uh, moving forward. Um, number six, I play in a no tight end league. We play with two flex. So we play quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, two flex positions, kicker, and defense. Um, I, if you look at the rankings, have tight ends a lot lower than other people. But Kittle and Kelsey were on the two teams that played in the fantasy football championship in my league last year because they're putting up wide receiver one, 
wide high wide receiver two numbers on a weekly basis. So if you play in a tight end league, when you draft an elite tight end like that, you have a significant advantage over your entire league. But some tight ends that I like this year, Evan Ingram, if he could stay healthy, Zach Ertz, the model of consistency. Um, I like me some Hayden Hurst down in Atlanta, I believe he is. Yeah, he's in Atlanta. Um, Eric Ebron going to Pittsburgh. I think that's super clutch because Pittsburgh, that system, they love throwing to the tight end. So Hayden Hurst, if he could put up some of the numbers that like Austin Hooper put up, he's now in Cleveland with Najoku. So just be on the lookout for the tight end position, especially if you're looking at the rankings. Uh, rule number seven. Another thing that helps me out, people take defenses way too early. They take kickers way too early. Year in, year out, a defense finishes in the top five in fantasy that was not projected to be a top 10 defense in fantasy. It just happens way too often. I like to stream both kickers and defenses. There are league rules in our league. You need to draft every single position on your on your roster. You need to draft a kicker. You need to draft a defense. But in the event that you don't, don't even draft one. Take quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends. Take skill position players and quarterbacks. Don't worry about defenses and kickers. Just stream it. Just stream both. Take the highest projected kicker. Take kickers that play in a dome too. Going back to the win factor, that's a big thing for me. I like taking kickers that play in domes, high point totals, the whole nine. And you should wait. You should wait. Don't take the Ravens defense in the sixth round. Don't take Justin Tucker in the fourth round. No, that's crazy. Not the fourth round. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't take those guys early. Don't take those positions early. Stream it. I promise you it'll work in the long run. Number eight, make sure you know what your league's scoring is. This should be higher up in the rankings, but I'm a legend, so enjoy. Please know what your scoring is. If you play in a league where throwing touchdowns are six points, then yeah, maybe you should take Mahomes a little bit higher than where I have him. Or maybe then you should take a quarterback higher than what I'm telling you. Um, if you play with leagues that have bonuses, right? Like in my league, we play with, we call it the big game bonus. If you have 200 yards rushing, if you have 200 yards receiving, if you have 400 yards passing, these are games that are big games. It's not happening every single week. You should be rewarded for that. So know your bonuses, know your league scoring. I cannot stress that enough. I played in a league one time with Tim and his brothers and all his boys where I had no idea it was a two QB league. Now, before you know it, it's the fifth or sixth round. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm kind of stuck. Let me take a look at a quarterback. The best available quarterback is Jake Cutler and Brandon Whedon. And then I ask him, I'm like, yo, yo, where are the quarterbacks at? Can I not see them? They're like, yo, it's a TQB league. I was like, oh, thanks for letting me know the first time I'm fucking playing in a league with you that it's two QBs. So that was my fault. I should have read the instructions. But just like when you get a new package in the mail or some shit or you go to to, to build a new desk, you're like, ah, let me not look at the instructions. So congrats to you. You played yourself. But yeah, you should know your league rules without a doubt. Number nine, when you post your fantasy football team on social media or when you ask some people who has the best team in the league, they're never going to say yours and people are always going to cut ass on your team. And don't worry about it because everyone always drafts a bomb squad. Everyone always has the best team and everyone's always going to criticize it. I personally, my first round pick 
in the last five years, I don't think has been on my team after week four. I always flip them, and I always have so many roster moves, whether I'm dropping, adding, trading players left and right. So don't get discouraged if people cut ass on your fantasy team. They're going to do it. That's just the nature of the beast. And, yeah, just don't just have fun with it. Remember, everyone drafts bomb squads. And rule number 10, mad vanilla, mad basic. Have fun. Have fun playing fantasy football. It should be fun. Don't be a dick and tweet these athletes because they missed a game because of a start. And uh, most importantly, I cannot stress this enough. If you win your league, you should remind the people in your league every chance you get that you won your league. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you guys next time. You think you got it? I got it for real. You think you got it? I got it for real. You think you got what I got? This one for those they forget in my city. This dog off the leash and is ready to kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill. Can't let a drop of me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it.